With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin Davches, page 8. We continue, we're trying to understand that we had two different prices. One of them said that if you bring a get, some kind of divorce document from a, from a boat, so one of them said you have to say Befalei Nechtav, you do have to, it's considered like outside of Israel. And one of them said, no, it's considered like Israel, and you do not have to say Befalei Nechtav. So here's another explanation. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Amar, this is five lines in. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Amar, B'Naharis Eretz Yisrael, Tukulayam Elipligi. When it comes to the rivers that are inside of Israel, no one argues. Everyone agrees that it's considered like Israel. And you would not have to say Befalei Nechtav. Elaki Pligi B'Yam HaGadol. The argument is about the Mediterranean Sea. We're going to see exactly how this works out. Titania, we learned in Abraisa. Ezu Aretz ve'ezu Chutzlaretz. What's considered Israel and what's considered outside of Israel? Kol Anything that's going down from the slope of the, the mountain called Amnon, Vilifnim, and inside towards Israel, Eretz Israel. So that's considered Israel. Mitureh Amnon from the highest, from the peak of Tureh Amnon Lachutz, and out towards the outside of Israel. Chutzlaretz, that's considered outside of Israel. What about the islands that are in the sea, in the Mediterranean? What we do is we take, we imagine that there's an imaginary string going from the peak of Ture Amnon, from this mountain of Amnon, all the way down till the Nachal Mitzrayim, Nachal Mitzrayim is these rivers going into Egypt. Whatever's inside of that string, Eretz Yisrael is considered Israel. Anything that's outside of that string, is considered outside of Israel. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda has a different explanation on how we determine what's considered inside of Israel when it comes to these islands. Anything that corresponds, it's a cross from Israel, Eretz Yisrael, all of those, all of the islands in the sea, in the Mediterranean, they're all considered part of Israel. Shemar, the verse says, what is the western border? It will be the Mediterranean Sea. Ugvul, and the border, this shall be the western border. So it says a number of times to teach you that the whole entire Mediterranean Sea is considered that it's part of Israel. And the islands that are on the sides, the way that you draw that string does not go on a slant, but rather it goes perpendicular. It's parallel to the equator. So you take a string, it goes all the way from the northern part of Israel, going all the way down to the Atlantic Sea. And also you take a string, which is also parallel to the equator, that goes all the way from the Nachal Mitzrayim, from this river of Mitzrayim, all the way to the Atlantic Sea. Anything that's inside of those strings is considered part of Israel, which is amazing, meaning the entire Mediterranean Sea. Anything that's outside of those strings is considered outside of Israel. So what do we see? We see the, Rab- the Rabbanon hold, the rabbis hold, that there are less places that are included in Israel. Only that which is on, when you, the way they give you the string, this imaginary line, the board of Israel, is on a slant. So it only includes some of those islands. So anything that's outside, if you're coming from outside of that string, so they would hold that you do have to see However, Rabbi Yehuda holds, no. The entire Mediterranean is included in Israel. Therefore, whenever you bring a get, a divorce document from a boat, it was written on the boat. So you do not have to say Befani Nechtav because it's considered that you were in Israel. Now, what did you do with the fact that the verse says an extra time the word Ugvul, the border? So they learn out that this teaches you that the, the islands themselves are actually part of Israel. But Rabbi Yehuda holds that you don't need a separate verse to teach you these islands because these islands are included in the, in the waters. So therefore they're all considered part of Israel. 
We said that Rabbi Meir says that Akko is considered like Israel in regards to the Gitten. They asked the following question from Rabbi Bar Abba. Someone sells his Evet out to Syria. Is it considered like he sold it out of Israel or not? Because in some respects we're going to see that Syria is considered part of Israel. But in some respects we see that it's not. So in regards to a slave, so you're not allowed to send it out of Israel because a slave has certain mitzvahs that he has to keep. And many of those mitzvahs cannot be kept outside of Israel. So the question is, does Syria, when you sell your slave to Syria, is it considered like you have done something wrong? Omar Lahusi responded to Nisua, we learned it. Rabbi Meir, Omer, Akko carries Israel Legitin. Rabbi Meir says that Akko is like Israel in regards to Gitin. Legitin in, only in regards to Gitin, Lahavadim Lo. But if you sell your Eved, if you sell your slave to Akko, so then it's not going to be considered part of Israel. It's considered like you sold it to outside of Israel. The culture can Syria, the Merchakatuva. And certainly Syria, Syria, which is much farther than Akko, certainly it's considered like you sold it out of Israel. And I think part of the problem is when you sell your slave outside of Israel, so it's very likely that he's going to lose his ability to keep the mitzvot, because the farther away people are from Israel, the less mitzvot that they do, unfortunately, even to this day. So the more the more close you are to Israel, the better likelihood there is that a person will do mitzvot. And therefore, you have to keep your slaves inside of Israel. It's a mitzvah. A person is not allowed to leave. Rashi says a person who's living in Israel is not allowed to, to leave Israel. So Bichibar Abba says that it's Syria is it the same halacha as the Chutz Aretz is outside of Israel. Tan Rabbanon, we learned in Abraisa. There are three ways that Syria is like Israel. There are three ways that it's not like Israel, that it's like outside of Israel. Just for your information, Rashi explains that Syria was a place that um, that David HaMelech, King David, he conquered that place, so he made it that it should be considered part of Israel. But it was only considered part of Israel in certain respects, but not in all respects. So now, Simen Av Barak. So we have this reminder, way to remember the following Gemara. Afra the first thing that it's like outside of Israel is that in Syria, if you go there, so the, the if you walk on the ground, it's considered that it's Tameh. It's impure. We consider it like there are dead bodies there. You have to be wary. If you're a Kohen, it's especially significant. So someone sells, the second thing is that if a person sells his slave to Syria, so it's like he sold it to outside of Israel. But maybe get me Syria. If someone brings a divorce document from Syria, he has to say, it's like he's brought it from outside of Israel. Three ways that it's considered like Israel. The first thing is that you have to, you are obligated in the tithes and in Shemitah. Just like Israel. But it's possible to get into this place called Syria without becoming Tameh, even though the, the dirt is Tameh. We're going to see how that is soon. And someone who buys a field in Syria, we turn to Chesem Beis, So it's considered like he's bought in Israel. It's considered like he's bought in the outskirts of Jerusalem. We'll see what that means exactly soon as well. So the Gemara continues, We said that uh, such a piece of land in Syria, so it has a chiyuv, it's an obligation to take off the tithes and to keep the laws of Shemitah. Just like Israel. Kosovar, why is that? Because he holds, When David HaMelech took over that land, it's considered like the whole people of Israel took over the land, became part of the land of Israel. So we said if a person wants to, he can go in there, and he doesn't lose his purity. How, is it, how does he get in there without losing his purity if we said that the dirt of that piece of that, that place is Tameh, it's impure? 
So the Gemara answers, Bashida Teva Umigdal, that he's carried in there in some kind of box. The time we learned in Abraisa, Nechras Larza Amin, Bashida Teva Umigdal. If a person comes into the lands of the nations in some kind of box, Rabbi Mitame, so Rabbi says he's considered impure. Despite the fact that he's in a box, he's not actually touching the land, doesn't matter, he holds his impure. Rabbi Yesi, Rabbi Yehuda Matar. Rabbi Yesi, the, the son of Rabbi Yehuda, says it's, he's, he is indeed pure. He doesn't lose his status. So Rebbe only says that he's Tame in such a place which is the regular land of the nations because they said that whether it's the dirt or whether you're in the airspace, you're still Tame. Oh, Surya, but when it comes to Surya, even Rebbe will agree Agusha Guzru. They only made a decree upon the ground itself, Alavira Guzru, but not on the air. So we said if a person buys a piece of land there, it's like he bought in the outskirts of Jerusalem. What is the ramifications of this? That you can actually write some kind of document, even on Shabbos. Shabbos, the Gemara asks, what do you mean, even on Shabbos? Heaven forbid. You can't write on Shabbos. The Gemara answers, like Rav said, in this case, even though normally you're not allowed to say something, to ask a non-Jew to, to do something on Shabbos that's forbidden for you to do, nevertheless, over here you would be allowed to ask him. Because since it's Yeshu Vert Yisrael, it's fulfilling the mitzvah, the commandment of buying something from a non-Jew, and a Jew is buying it to own a piece of property in Israel. So, so too, just like in Israel, it's a mitzvah, and you're allowed to, to ask a non-Jew to do it, so too in Syria. So too, by Syria, you can do it as well. Even though speaking to a non-Jew, saying, asking him to do something on Shabbos, and the rabbi said it's not permitted, because of living in Israel, they did not make their decree. This is a totally new topic. Let's say an Evid, a servant, comes along and he brings his uh, a document that says that he was freed. It's if, Not only does he get himself, he even gets all of the owners, his previous owners, all of his all of his possessions. So it only helps in regards to him being, uh, receiving himself, becoming freed. But not in, not in regards to getting all of the all of the property of his owner. So how does that work? So the way that it works is, in regards to the fact that he has a document that says that he's being freed, just like a get isha, just like a, a, a divorce document. So she's believed to say, that it was written and signed in front of her, and she's believed. So to an Eved, a former slave is allowed to say it as well, and he's believed. But that's only in regards to that. But in regards to the second part of the shtar, the second part of the document that says that he gets all of the guy's possessions, so that's not enough to have one person. There you need to have two witnesses. So since he only has one, so he's only believed on the part that, that it's enough for one. Ibailahu, we ask a following question. In the previous case, so he said, you and all of my possessions you can have. But here he said, all of my possessions you have. So that includes him. So now the question is like this. Mahu, what's the halacha? Amar Abaye says, you can't split it up. Since he's included in all of the nachasim, in all of the property, so the slave himself is included in that. So therefore, since he gets himself, he also gets all of the property as well. Amalei Rava, Rava says, Bishlam Atzma, we understand why he gets himself, Likni, that he gets himself, Midi Dahav Aget Isha, because it's just like a get, just like a divorce document, and just like she's believed, so he's believed. Elin Achasim Likni, but when it comes to the property, you shouldn't be able to get it. Midi Dahav Akim Shtar Sda'ama, because it's no different than any other Shtar, any other document that requires that you need to 
two witnesses. Abayas says something different. So Abayas says, no, you can't split it up. You can't have that he gets himself, but not the Nechassim. So if we're not going to get the Nechassim, he doesn't get the property. He also does not get himself. Rava. Rava says, Rava says, I understand why the property doesn't get me to the Havakim Shtaris, the Alma. Because it's like any other time where you have to, you don't have two witnesses here. But in regards to himself, he should be able to get himself, just like, just like when it comes to a divorce document, the woman's believed. So Rav says, In both cases, whether the, whether the, was written in the Shtar, that he should get all of his Nechassim and himself, or it just said he should get all of his property, either way, He gets himself, but he doesn't get his property. So Rav Ada, the son of Masna, said to Rav, Keman, who do you hold like that you say that we can split it up when there's one word, there's one word. The word was, you get all of my property. So he's only getting himself, he's not even getting all the property. Who says that you can split it up? So that's like Rav Shimon, the Amar Pagidon Dibura, who says you can split up a word. The Tanam we learned in the Mishnah HaKosiv, called Nechas of La'avda Yatsa Ben Charin. So if a person writes all of his possessions to his slave, so the guy goes out free. She or Karka Kalshu, but if he left over even a little bit, so the Tanakama holds that he does not go out free. Why? Because since he left over something, so he's not going to get all of the Nechassim. In the Havamina, the Gemara, the beginning step of the Gemara, the Gemara thinks like this, that since he didn't get, he's not getting a part of it, he's not going to get all the Nechassim, because every single piece of land, he could always say, this is the piece of land that I meant. So he can never say that, that he gets any of the Nechassim, any of the property. So so too he doesn't get himself. Why? Because we can't split up the words. Rabbi Shimon, Omar, Rabbi Shimon says, and we come to the top of Tesman Aleph, page 9a, La'ilam hu ben charim, he's always, he is indeed freed, that in this case, that he is indeed freed, because we can split up his words, and the Havim, the Gemara thinks. But when is it that we say that he does not go out free? Only in a case where he said, I'm giving you all my nechassim except for one ten-thousandth of my nechassim, of my property. Because there we could say that the one ten-thousandth, even though he's worth more than that, but it could be going on the slave himself. In the previous case, he said, I'm giving you everything except for a piece of land. So in that case, so Reb Shimon would say that he does indeed get himself, but he doesn't get all the land. But in this case, where he says, you can't even have one ten-thousandth of my nechassim, so that could be referring to himself. So therefore, in that case, he indeed would not get himself. So we'll continue with this tomorrow, but basically the bottom line question is, the one who, who says that we do split up the words is Rabbi Shimon. We're going to see that Rabbi Shimon, he, we don't hold like Rabbi Shimon. So that's a kasha on Rava. How could Rava say that we split up the words? We'll see more about this in the next Daily Daf.